listening to the Arsenal Ramble. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Ramble, where today we're going to be discussing the Europa League draw against Sporting Lisbon. As always, I'm joined by my co-rambler Dom. How are you, mate? You're good. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm all good, thanks, Dave. Um, I was actually quite excited to watch a Europa League game now that it's come back, just because it's not really as much pressure for us to perform. I, I mean, there's always pressure for us to put out a good performance, but there's not as much riding on this game. So after all of these really high pressure games and last minute winners and when every single game in the Premier League feels like a cup final, it was actually quite nice to be able to watch an Arsenal game without that constant fear of we might drop points in this game, for example. So yeah, I was uh, really looking forward to this game. Um, And yeah, European competition, it's one that we've not won for a long time so um, a good chance for us to see some of our players which we haven't actually seen for a while slash not seen at all as regards to Kirill so yeah yeah yeah. how are you doing mate you right? yeah I'm all good man yeah I echo those same thoughts to be fair uh, I was really looking forward to seeing Kivior for the first time. And and yeah, I like these games just because, like you say, the pressure is off a little bit. Um, I think we're so sort of not not burnt out, but the Premier League games are so, so much pressure, isn't there? On each and every fixture, three points is so crucial. And, um, you know... Uh, I think the fan base is a little bit torn whether we go full force into Europa League or do we rotate a little bit. And I'm sort of on the on the fence a little bit with it, but I think whatever happens, um, I don't think I'll be ultimate, ultimately that disappointed. Um, however, like I say, it's nice to see the the team rotate a little bit and see some faces, some yeah, like I say faces we haven't seen before, and and see players like Smith Rowe get more minutes under his belt and and, and things like that. But yeah, it was um, it's a really hard game to assess and describe, wasn't it? it? It was a it was a fixture that sort of because of the the the, the changes in the team, it we didn't really play the same way we normally play, did we? No, we definitely set up a little bit differently. Um, you know, we had Kivior making his debut game for Arsenal and the likes of Turner in goal as well. Um, means that we're changing two of five of our back line. And as we all know, Arsenal being quite uh, quite focused usually on playing out from the back and starting all of our attacks from that area, to have two new players in, well, I mean, Turner's not new, but he's not as good as Ramsdale with his feet. To have two of the five be different personnel it's always going to be a bit more of a struggle to try and kickstart our attacks and get our um, get our momentum going in the game. But yeah, it, it's always nice to have a bit of an audition for these players so that um, if it comes down to it in the Premier League and Gabriel needs a rest or he gets injured, then potentially now, um, after Kivio's got some minutes in his belt, you, you're thinking it's not so much of a risk to be able to chuck him in there. So, yeah, what, what did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just nice to to see Kivio get some minutes, really, wasn't it? it it's um, I think Arteta was asked pre-game about whether it was the right game to throw him in and, and whether he had confidence in, in him. And his response was something along the lines of, you know, I've got trust in all my players. Um, and, you know, we, we have to start him at some point. Uh, and I think today was 
as a good a game as any, to be honest. Um, I think he he had a, an okay game. A um, couple of little bits that we'll come on to later, um, especially with their first goal. But um, no, you know, I'm you know I'm just happy to see him in the team. And um, uh, there were some other changes as well with the with the eleven um, with Nelson back in the team. Obviously, still. Um, on a high, probably from the the Bournemouth game. Um, do you think that was a, a deserving start for, for Nelson? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think when he scored that winner, uh, it absolutely solidified his place in the starting eleven for this game, especially. Um, so yeah, I, it's good to see that Nelson's getting some more minutes as well, and he's getting trusted in the latter stages of what is a European competition. So he's got to be pleased to. Come back from injury, you know, get that massive winner at the end of the game, uh, the weekend against Bournemouth, and then be starting in this fixture. So I'm really happy for Nelson. And to be honest, uh, we didn't really have too many other options <laughs> because of mm, our recent injury to Trossard and um, in Ketia as well. So, and Jesus is also out. So I think it was really, it was forced. I mean, we could have maybe played Smithrow from the start, but as we see, mm. he's not still at full fitness. So it made perfect sense yeah. to me to start Nelson in this game. Yeah, that's something that I thought was going to happen. I thought Smithrow would have started. I thought he had some, you know, he got a solid 30, 40 minutes in in, in the game against Bournemouth. Bournemouth, and I thought this would be the game where he maybe would start and then come off in the second half. But he opted with a front three of um, uh, Saka Nelson and Martinelli with what looked to be Martinelli down the middle. Um, I was hoping for a bit of a, a respite for Saka as well. But every time I think there's a game where Saka needs to get rested, Arteta still plays him. He just does not rest Saka, does he? He seems like he he's uh, he's indestructible. There's nothing that can uh, that can knock Saka. Um, but all in all, I think it was the sort of team sheet everyone was expecting. Maybe uh, Tierney um, to play, um, but due to illness, it looks as if he didn't travel um, to Portugal. Uh, and obviously there was sort of rumours that uh, Jesus was on the plane and he travelled with the squad to Portugal. But it turns out um, that wasn't quite true. Uh, and he's still back at London Colney uh, with the with the rest of the coaches. Um, but who knows? Uh, it looks as if he's joined um, or he's joining in certain uh, training sessions with the team. So it looks like he's... Uh, reintroduction to the team could be fairly close now. Uh, and who knows, he may even be on the bench or a part of the, the weekend fixture against Fulham. Fulham, sorry. Um, so, yeah, there's obviously a lot of players out, but a lot of them look as if they're returning to fitness sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. We've we've got a, a plethora of players that look like they're on the on the cusp of coming back and being able to bolster uh, our attack. And um, as you say, Jesus is certainly one of them. And when I saw those pictures on Twitter, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before of him in training. Um, yeah, it really does look like he's not too far away from coming back into the fold, which is quite exciting mm. to be honest. Especially when you see games like this, he might have been quite useful um, just for maybe thirty minutes or so as a bit of extra firepower um, to try and get the edge over Sporting. But as you say. 
coming weeks, he should be coming back. Smith Rowe looks like he's almost at full uh, full fitness and potentially at the weekend against Fulham might be able to start that game as he's had a, quite a bit of rest in this game. But apart from that, I was pretty happy with the team sheet today. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and even players like Trossard, uh, who obviously have got the groin injury uh, at Bournemouth, it looks as if that's not as serious as first feared um just looks like a two or three weaker so that's obviously not as long term as it could have been so that that's another um positive for arsenal but um yeah i think that's that's the uh the team sheets um sort of all dealt with um should we get straight into the the team uh, sorry not the team the the action so mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a a slow start for Arsenal, I thought, um, for the first five or ten minutes. We just sort of looked a little bit cagey, but it's what's to, what's to be expected from a team that's had five or six new players integrated in there. Um, so, you know, going Calvez went close early on. Uh, what, what were your initial thoughts were with the first sort of 10, 15 minutes? Was you a little bit worried? <laughs> Yeah, I was actually. Um, sporting, they, they they didn't really pay Arsenal the respect that we're, we're used to seeing in the Premier League. We see a lot of teams, oh, I mean, caveat to what I'm about to say, apart from the Bournemouth really fast start, a lot of teams in the Premier League kind of back off Arsenal at first, don't they? Um, they they yeah. show us a little bit of respect because of how we've blown them away so, re- uh, so well recently. Um, we Then they kind of have to earn the right to play in each game whereas Sporting to be fair to them they came out the blocks and they really showed what they were about and uh, they did put it under pressure um, pretty much straight away um, and it was quite a quite a scrappy game especially in the first half there was a lot of defensive errors turnovers of the ball players breaking through um, and we're just not used to seeing that with how much control and possession that we've had in pretty much every Premier League game we've played this season we've had the, mm. most of the ball so yeah a, a bit of a different kind of style of play uh, for Arsenal but as you say it yeah. could be just because of the, the different personnel maybe but yeah yeah, yeah, just a little bit shaky, wasn't it? But then we started to come into it a little bit more. And on on the twentieth minute, um, we get a corner. Vieira whips in a, a beautiful ball, actually, and um, sort of Saliba just calmly slots it away towards the lower lower down towards the left. Um, it was a yeah, like I say, a, a brilliant delivery, but it was awful defending uh, from from Sporting. To be fair, it was just an absolute free header. Um, uh, for for Big Saliba, um, nice to see him back on the score sheet again. Um, and it mm. looks like there was a, a few tussles after the uh, the goal went in as well. There was Zinchenko and Xhaka involved, and um, <laughs> in the end, it looked as if um, one of them got a booking. Uh, I think it was Zinchenko. I'm not really sure what what for. Um, but uh, yeah, what what were your thoughts on the goal? Well. When we first got Saliba back into the Arsenal team at the start of the season, I was expecting to see this kind of goal from him. Probably, you know, every five or six games, I thought he would be a real threat from set pieces, almost like Van Dyke esque when he was um, 
at his heights at Liverpool. Uh, and we've not really seen that much this season. I think he got a couple early in the season, most notably one which was with his foot from outside the box, which, wow, that was a good goal. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I was expecting to have a lot more aerial threat from Saliba, especially from corners. And, yeah, it was a great goal, to be honest. I think, as you say, it was because of Sporting giving him basically a free header unchallenged in the middle of the box. But you still got to get up there. you still got to get it on target and beat the keeper. And he did absolutely that. So, yeah, a really good goal. Yeah, yeah. But then almost 10, 15 minutes later, they essentially equalise, you know, from a corner of their own. Um, and this was a quite a peculiar one because... It was hard to really describe what went wrong. I think I think what ultimately happened was a, a bit of miscommunication between Turner and Kivior. Uh, it looked as if maybe Turner shouted me. I think if you if you're a, a pro lip reader, you might need to help me out here. But I, I, I could have sw- sworn he, he shouted me, uh, and that's sort of the reason why Kivior almost looks as if he ducked out of it uh, at the last second. Um, it, you know, it it just looked like one of those, really. But it was um, mm. a real shame, really, because to go to go one ahead when we were sort of a, l- a little bit under pressure um, to equalise in that sort of manner was disappointing. And um, we are yeah. starting to concede a fair few goals from uh, set pieces. I've noticed recently, uh, but it's hard to really pinpoint why. Yeah, well, as you say, I think there's a multitude of different things that actually led to this goal. As you say, being a pro lip reader, if he has shouted me, then, you know, as a goalkeeper, you should know better than to shout me. You should be shouting keepers. If you're going to if you're gonna come and claim the ball, you've got to shout keepers, clear and concise, so everybody knows that that's who's going for the ball. Because if there's six or seven players around and me could be anyone, you know, and and also <laughs> could be a Lisbon player shouting me, and then oh yeah, Sam, yeah, you get the ball. No, you, you've got to say or oh, Turner's or something just to make it clear. But mm. as we said, these are two players which haven't played together ever in this first starting eleven, mm. uh, Turner and QER. So that's going to be that's going to be an issue. Um, that's going to be an issue anyway. Uh, and you get you get the idea that if it's Ramsdale and Gabriel, then Ramsdale would put his name on it and Gabriel would say, mm. you'd move out of the way and let him claim it. So, yeah, maybe some teething problems for the relationship mm. at the back. But it is frustrating that we're starting to concede from set pieces because this is something we've been so good at doing all season up until this last six to eight weeks or so we've we've been we were in the top stats top three stats i think for being able to for not conceding these set pieces and we've just dropped off massively and i really don't know what why or what's happened but yeah, it's, it is a bit frustrating to to be conceding the, a similar kind of goal uh, in quite quick su- succession from different games. It, it, it's, it's almost like they're not highlighting it on the training ground and saying this is where we go wrong and this is how we can improve. Mm. Yeah, it's really hard to understand why, isn't it? Because in the first half of the season, not only will we not... Um, 
conceding many um, goals from set pieces. We were also scoring plenty of goals from set pieces. It seemed like that set piece coach that we got in um, was really working miracles. Um, and it was a big part of why we were racking up the points, I think. Um so, yeah, it is a strange one. Um, but I think this one just has to go down to a little bit of rustiness. I think Turner, you know, did show signs of, of rustiness in other areas of his game. There was a, a moment where he sort of hesitated on, you know, kicking it out, didn't he? And, all, and almost um, gave them a 2-1 lead um, at that moment in the game. So, you know, it wasn't the only moment that, that, that Turner was showing that. Um but again, in his defence, it's to be expected. He, he he isn't playing week in, week out. He's not able to gain confidence um, in the form of, of of matches. So it's kind of to be expected. And that's the, the sort of the sacrifice that you have to, to make in these Europa League games that not, not all of your players are, are getting fresh minutes, especially not a keeper, because it's not the position where you're heavily rotating. You know, like a Tommy Asu, for example, is going to be in and out um, out the team. He'll, you know, he'll play, play in different positions. He can play left back, he can play centre back. He's going to get minutes all throughout mm-hmm. the team. Um, but Turner is, is in that position where he's very rarely going to come on um, and play, to be honest. So when he does come in, he needs to be on it and sharp and don't think we saw that today. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. But then at the same time, I think if you're going to have a number two keeper and you make it clear to that player that they are going to be the number two, then they need to make sure that they are on it. They need to be prepared for when they're going to get this moment. You know, Turner, there's no chance that Turner, unless Ramsdale gets an injury, there's no chance that Turner is going to be our number one in the Premier League. So he needs to be focused uh, on a game like this, he, he would have had all the preparation ahead of this game. Arteta would have made it clear to him, look, you're going to be playing in the first leg because you've not had minutes. So he would have known that he's going to be playing this game for quite a while. So it, it, he should be on it to be able to start this game. Um, but mm. yeah, I, I just don't think he is, he's not as progressive as Ramsdale with his feet. And as we, yeah, we saw with that, that weird pass straight to their forward who, uh, mm. well, he just fluffed up really, didn't he? He could have quite easily scored yeah. that, but um, we got away with it uh, in that moment. But yeah, it's, he's, he's more than competent when it comes to, Shot stopping, um, almost burned Leno esque, but mm. at the same so the same thing. Leno couldn't kick, but neither can Turner. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we know he can. We know he can do it to a, a degree as well in in terms of putting in solid performances because we saw it at the World Cup for the USA national team. He he hadn't played a, a great deal of football for Arsenal and he went to a, a, an international huge tournament and played really well and, and actually got a lot of plaudits um, over there. It was probably one of the better keepers of the tournament. Um, so we know he can still produce performances despite that lack of match fitness. So I'm hoping it's just a one-off. Um, and like you say, his footwork is the area he needs to improve on. He admitted that himself when he first came to Arsenal. It's not something that we're not aware of. Um, and again, in the World Cup, I thought he was all right with his feet. I think he did pretty well uh, with uh, with a lot of situations. So hopefully, yeah, it's just, just one game. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully he can... Um, 
play a little bit better in the uh, in the home fixture. Um, that okay, was so moving on. Uh, okay. Sorry, I, I was going to say to you after today's performance, would Turner be your number one in the sec- in the home leg? Yeah, he would because you know I, I don't think it was a diabolic, you know, by by any any stretch. I think uh, you know he. Um, he just had a little bit of miscommunication with a player playing his first minutes for Arsenal, um, you know, and that's all it was. It was just one little moment, yeah. And then he's had a few of the little shaky moments, um, but football, these things can happen. Um, like we said at the start of the podcast, the pressure is off to a degree. It's not as pressurised as the Premier League, where three points is crucial week in week out. We've got the home fixture, um, so I think they does. He deserves to be able to to not put it right because it's not it's not you know to that stretch. But I think um, it would be silly to to drop him after that uh, that performance because what's that going to do for your confidence? If, you know, if you imagine his his mental state after that, it it, it wouldn't be great. So yeah, I'd still be playing him in the in the home fixture next week for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, so moving on to uh, a little bit later, and it's something I want to uh, talk about because um, I found it quite comical. Um, and and what I'm referring to is the the moments towards the end of the half where um, Martinelli was booked <laughs> for um, slapping the ball out of or trying to slap the ball out of the keeper's arm, but in fact it was actually Granite Xhaka uh, who who was the one that. Um, did that uh, it reminded me of all those years ago when um, I think it was Oxlade Chamberlain got the card for Gibbs or it might have been the other way around I can't even remember um, but uh, even VAR looked at this and deemed all was fine <laughs> so I really I just found it so comical and, and it sort of echoed the the performance of the referee in this game because it, it, it seemed as if he just didn't have a clue <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it was uh, all those years ago. I think Oxlade Chamberlain saved the ball off the line with his hand, didn't he? Uh, he, he like put his head towards the ball and tried to look, make out that he was heading it, but he just kind of saved it with his hand. Yeah, and um, then Kieran Gibbs got sent off, didn't he? <laughs> but in the days of, if that was in VAR, I would have um, they would have overturned it and changed the personnel. Uh, it'd be interesting actually to see what would happen nowadays if that same scenario played mm. out, but. But yeah, um, it was quite comical to see Marcelelli look really animated, didn't he? When when he was shown the <laughs> yeah. yellow card, like what what did I do? Like I, I, I'm not sure what happened, but I think I think because Martinelli and Granajak have got similar kind of skin fades, then maybe the referee got confused. He didn't bother looking at the names or the numbers on the back of the shirt. He just had a look and said, "Yeah, that's Martinelli. You can have a yellow." Um, but yeah, just a bit, a bit of a funny moment, wasn't it? And uh, wasn't yeah. a yellow for me. No, and to be fair, if I'd rather have one player on a yellow card, it would be Martinelli over Xhaka. So we kind <laughs> yeah. of benefited out of it in a, in a weird sense. Um, but yeah, I just found that, honestly, I, I just it's a bit baffling, the fact that VAR looked at it and still thought, you know, that was fine. You, you, you carded the right player when he clearly didn't. <laughs> But anyway, um, so that was pretty much the first half in a nutshell. Uh, it was just a, a, a half where it looked as if we were playing 
like we've made six changes uh, and that, that was sort of my initial assessment at halftime. We were a little bit rusty, uh, showing signs of of some good bits and bobs here and there, but uh, ultimately there was a lot of sloppiness and um, just not quite in the right gear, I would say. Um, at halftime, uh, we obviously didn't make any substitutions. We we come out and I think we started the half pretty well. Uh, almost straight away within the first 10 minutes, we're, we're having chance after chance. In my notes here, we've got uh, Martinelli uh, going through and he tries that little chip, doesn't he, on the keeper. Um, and the keeper actually did really well. He got a, a good hand to it. And I think, I think uh, on another day that could go in. Um Moments later, uh, Vieira has a, a speculative shot from from outside the box, and it just goes uh, wide of the far post. Um, and then I think there's a few more chances as well that I've not quite made notes of. But we were really piling on the pressure in that first half, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Started started the second half. We really were piling on the pressure, and it's almost like Arteta gave him a bit of a kick up the arsenal at half time to say, you know, get back out there and actually create some chances because you're better than this team. So um, that Vieira one was actually it was a lot closer than I thought at first. Thought I thought maybe he he really dragged it past the post, but for a snapshot. Um, a snapshot literally not much time to set up doesn't have much of a run onto it or anything no backlift to be generating that kind of power and accuracy was is quite impressive to be honest so it's good to see that mm. he's got that um got that in his locker but it was obviously a, a shame that it went just whisked past the post um but yeah we were really piling on the pressure and um looking for that goal to put us into the lead yeah, yeah. While we're on Vieira, what did you think of his performance? Because this was a game where my, all my eyes were on him, personally. I, I really wanted to see how he did um, because we'd not seen a whole heap of Vieira uh, since his arrival uh, at Arsenal. And this just felt like a game where there was a point to prove, um, you know, he played in Xhaka's position at the uh, at the weekend against Bournemouth, um, did okay. I thought did pretty well, um, and I thought you know could this be a game where he builds on that and really um, elevates his game and, and starts proving to Arteta why he should be starting. But yeah, what what were your thoughts on Vieira today? So I was actually doing the, the similar thing to you. I was quite focused on Vieira, um, but. For a different reason, um, more for the fact, so Aaron Ramsdale the other day, he did an interview, I'm not sure who it was with, but um, they were asking him to say one word answers of uh, like a descriptive word of players um, and they were naming the players and he was giving like an, a word. So like for Ben White, he said tan, for example, and um, <laughs> it, it got to it got to Vieira and he said teabag. And I thought, teabag? What, what's that about teabag for? But then it clicked. It's from the film Longest Yard. Uh, is it Longest it's Yard? Not, the, um, prison Break. It's from Prison Break. Prison, is it? Oh, Prison Break. That was it. Not, well, they're both in a prison, aren't they? So forgive me. But yeah, he looks he's, He looks just like him, doesn't he? Like a younger version. Every time I was looking at him, I was thinking, it's teabag. <laughs> but, but yeah, go, go back to football um, just for a second, you know, because it's a football podcast. 
<laughs> he actually he did look a lot more impressive to me, Vieira. Um, it, it, it wasn't like he was shying away from the game. Um, like sometimes in the Premier League, he tends to hide because of the physicality. He doesn't want to get on the ball as much, but he, he, he was definitely demanding the, mo- the ball more, um, kind of taking on that Odegaard role quite well um, and started creating, passing the ball nicely. Um and I don't know if a part of it is the fact that he's come to Portugal. This is the league that he was from before. So he knows this kind of team inside out and maybe wants, you know, has a point to prove and wants to stake a claim and say, like, this is the team that I'm at now and how far I've come kind of thing. But, yeah, I was quite, quietly quite impressed with Vieira's performance. Yeah, me too, to be fair. Um, I thought it was a little bit similar to the Bournemouth game where he just sort of quietly went about his business, did pretty well. Um, I think there's still clear signs of areas of to his game that can be developed. Um, you mentioned it earlier with his physicality. I think at times he does get shrugged off the ball a little bit too easy uh, and, can, and can show signs of strength a little bit more. Similarly to how... Martinelli's adapted over the years because when he first were in the team he was a, a very slender um, player and he would often get um, brushed aside easily but he's obviously bulked up a lot more um, and that has um, benefited his game in my opinion um, so I think if Vieira can follow in Martinelli's footsteps there and you know they're best mates so we can give him some tips um, but uh, yeah I think his game was um, was 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 pretty pretty good to be fair and um yeah i think uh, overall i was i was pretty happy with it yeah well um the, but then the, the best sorry. sorry to interject there they're saying the best mates but apparently portuguese from portugal is a lot different to Brazilian Portuguese because they were asking Martelli these questions pre-game because obviously Vieira had a sore throat so he couldn't go into the press conference uh, saying like, oh, did you take Vieira under your wing when he first <clears throat> when he first joined you guys? And he was saying that there was a bit of an issue of communication because of the language barrier kind of thing. And it's like, well, you both speak Portuguese, so how can there be a language barrier? But it, it must have been um, this Portuguese Portuguese Portugal, Portuguese, I don't know, I'm getting my tongue twisted. But basically, <laughs> it's a bit different. So, you know, every day is a school yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think they've they've clearly got some sort of little bromance going, haven't they? Uh, they're always <laughs> yeah. together, always celebrating together, aren't they? It's, uh, it's quite cute. But um, moments later, um, we obviously, tragically, go 2-1 down. Um, and uh, this... Uh, was essentially sort of just a, a low-driven shot um, saved by Turner initially, but sort of spilled straight into the, the feet of Palinho, um to slot home. Uh, it's, a, it's a difficult one to assess for me. Um, the, the, the only thing I, I would say is, could we have reacted a little bit better to, to Turner spilling that out? Because we had two men, I think it were Saliba and Ben White, um, that needed to just be a little bit more alert for that for that rebound and um, but yeah, what were your thoughts on this goal? 
Yeah, I, to be honest, I think you can't criticise too much because it's it is like a real pinball in there, isn't it? It's whizzing about the box rapidly, and it just falls so kindly to their attacker, um, Paulini, as you say. It, and to be to be fair to him, his reaction times to be able to get a toe onto that was pretty rapid. So you got to give him credit to be able to finish that because a, a lot of players that would have just fizzed past them. So I think where we should have stamped the threat out was in even before that ball came in. I think we had four or five players that were stood quite flat in a line um, and nobody reacted to the runner that was running in behind. Um, then he basically got a free run and was able to put that cross in and, as you say, pinballed back to Paulinho, who then just had a tap-in. So I think... The chance was created from the run that was initially made, and we, from then on, you, you're going to be clutching at straws to be able to try and defend that and clear it. Yeah, it was just too easy for him, wasn't it? You, you, you can't, you can't concede goals to. I mean, it, it was a smart run, but a run nonetheless that could very easily be tracked by. Uh, by the man closest so yeah and like you say they were all just so rigid in a line there's probably even more than five maybe six six players in a row just sort of um, static um, so it, a little bit of a switch off moment again there um, but um, yeah like you say once that shot gets mm-hmm. taken it Turner does well to, to make the save but um, couldn't help but uh, place it in the path of Paulinho yeah, I, w- I would just say it was quite interestingly in that pocket of space that Gabriel would normally be marshalling. Um, it's not to say that Kivio did much wrong in, in that moment, um, but you would think that maybe Gabriel would have been barking orders at, at players to say, look, you track that player, they're running behind, or I'm going to go, you cover me sort of thing. Whereas Kivio was more watching the players around him and just being more reactive than proactive. Um, And that's something that's going to come uh, with more experience. But maybe he just needed a bit of a shout from Saliba to say, look, that your man's crossing, so you need to track him. But yeah, yeah, that that was just one little observation I made. Yeah, definitely. Um, It it kind of, for me, me, made me really appreciate Gabriel. I think sometimes it goes under the radar a little bit as a centre back, but he is so crucial to our backline, Gabriel. Um, him and Saliba, just honestly, the best partnership in the Premier League, without a doubt for me. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's no, uh, it's no slight on Kivio, um, but. It was a big loss, I think, uh, having Gabriel missing in there. And you could even see it when he came on later in the second half. He just he just looked so much more composed and, and everything just seemed so much more secure and, and safe. Um, yeah, I think he was a big miss. Um, but uh, moments later, I was getting flashbacks to uh, a, a Chelsea game of two years ago where Martinelli essentially ran the full length of the pitch, uh, made Kante slip over, um, but this time just couldn't quite finish. Um, goes one-on-one with the keeper, um, but his, his touch just goes a little bit heavy towards the right, doesn't it? And allowed the uh, the sporting defenders to get back and clear it. But um, mm. what a great run from Martinelli that was. 
Yeah, it, it, well, it started about 15 yards inside our own half. He manages to spin a player and then he's caught between two or three players and then he just suddenly pops out with the ball and I was thinking, oh God, well, he's gonna get, it's going to get cut out by the last centre-back and then he nicks it from him as well. I'm thinking, mm. oh, wow, he's through on goal here. Martinelli's rapid. We're going to get an easy, well, an opportunity at least on goal. Um, but for anybody that plays FIFA... Um, we all know that the very cheap centre-back who's got over 94 pace or whatever stupid is St. Justy from Sporting Lisbon. And he absolutely motored his way back. If you actually watch the clip back, he started so far behind Martinelli. And this guy's absolutely rapid. Um, and he was in everyone's team on FIFA. But um, he managed to cut out the chance. But what I think Martinelli probably should have done is taken the shot a bit earlier, just like he did in that Chelsea game where he, he managed to get the shot off mm-hmm. Because there was an opportunity when he was just getting towards the box where he could have maybe just hit it and let it fly. But he went for the the approach to go around the keeper, which he does do. And he manages to get round him. Um, but for a, a bit of a dodgy touch, then the chance has gone. And St. Justy, the, the rapid centre-back, manages to get... Uh, it was a bit of a... a a risky one to make because if if he doesn't connect with the ball there, he's got two feet off the ground. He could have got himself sent off, but he really did time that quite well, didn't he? So just got to say good defending, but yeah. yeah. It was good defending, but helped by obviously with the poor touch. Um, mm. Yeah. And the same as you, I wish he just, um, I wish he just took that one, that shot, that one stage for uh, before um, as the keeper was coming out, he could have, you know, just just bent it around him. Easy to say in hindsight, though, isn't it? And um, I'm sure he was absolutely blowing, having to run the full length of the pitch. So um, it's a shame, though, because uh, that would have been a great goal. But luckily, almost four or five minutes later, we get a, a freak goal, uh, a, a large slice of luck. Um, as Jacket tries to play in Martinelli, it hits their defender and just sort of curls into the corner. Um, slice of luck that we sort of needed, really, wasn't it? I think that was 100% calculated by Xhaka. He's, he's aimed for the back of the player to bounce. <laughs> well, the thing that I'd say uh, to that is you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And he had a dig. And you got it got a bit of luck and it went in. And sometimes, you, you know, if things aren't going for you, you need something just to pull out the bag and get a goal. It was a very cheap goal for us to get. It's not a goal that we're used to getting that kind of spawny goodness. But yeah, uh, I was <laughs> obviously buzzing. And it was a bit overshadowed after we'd scored because um, there was a VAR check, maybe Bukayo Saka fouling the player for us to then get the ball to Xhaka. And I actually thought this one probably could have, I'm not sure about should have, but could have been chalked off. Um, I thought maybe we got a bit of good fortune in that. Um, but as you say, it could have gone either way. Yeah, if that was Premier League VAR, that was definitely getting chalked off. There just seems to be a massive difference between VAR and in Europe and, and in the Premier League. I, I don't understand why, to be honest. Um, but yeah, we, we really did get pretty fortuitous with that. Um, and there's not much more to, to read into it, really, is there? Um, just a huge slice of luck and, and one that I'm, I'm pretty thankful for because 
ultimately we could be looking at a two-one defeat here, and then um, a little bit of a, a mountain to climb. Well, not a mountain, but you know, a tougher task uh, essentially at home. Um, whereas uh, a draw, a two-two draw, um, you know, is is not the end of the world. Um, I even saw the the pundits uh, on BT Sport talking about you know would the, would you have taken this before half time and um, it was sort of a debate to be had around that uh, I don't think we we would have to to be honest um, but uh, it just goes to show that you know it isn't the worst result um, we have got the home advantage now it's a shame we don't have away goals uh, anymore because that would have been uh, that would have been nice um, but. Uh, I think ultimately a 2-2 result is probably a fair result on the night. Um, maybe they were a little bit more deserving of, of something more. Um, but it was a really odd game. Chances at both ends. Um, and it sort of felt as if we sort of played ourselves out of it almost. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I completely agree, and I do think that if there wasn't um, if there wasn't a second leg to this tie, then we really would have gone for it a lot more in the last ten minutes. It, it, it looked like mm. it looked like there was instruction from Arteta um, from the 80th minute. Really, was to not give the ball away, try not to concede any chances, because ultimately in a European tie like this where you don't have away goals or anything like that, if you can win your away leg, if you can, sorry, if you can not lose your away leg and then you go back uh, to the second leg being at home, then it's it's a lot easier to be able to win the tie then because you've basically got a level playing field and all you have to do is outdo your opponent in one game, which you're playing at home. So, I do think there was instruction from Arteta. Don't overstretch. Don't leave any gaps at the back yeah. because they were countering us quite often, especially in the first half. So, yeah, I think we were we were just seeing it out, seeing the draw out. And then I think Arteta will probably make a few changes in that second leg, you know, bring in maybe start Gabriel, start Partey. And then if we do have the likes of Jesus back, we might be having him in the fold as well. Um to be able to play that game as well. So, yeah, I, I was quite happy with the two-all in the end. I thought we underperformed. They probably overperformed. And it's not an awful result. You you just need to make sure you don't lose these games. Um, and, and ultimately as well, if we were to have lost the game, then you don't know how that might have affected the momentum in terms of the league form. Because, yes, they're separate competitions, but these guys, they're human. So they're going to carry any kind of demotivating factor into the next game, aren't they? So, yeah, it was important mm. really for <clears throat> in terms of the tie and in terms of all of the, the mental attitudes for the players. Yeah. Like you say as well, towards the end, like maybe last 10, 15 minutes, you could just sense really that they weren't pushing for it, couldn't you? You could see that, you know, they weren't going to throw men at it like we did at Bournemouth. Um, it wasn't the be all and end all. 2 2 result away from home is a pretty solid result um, and is not to be sniffed at. So ultimately, they were happy to to take that one and, and, um, and hopefully. Um, win the the uh the second fixture so so yeah all in all not too bad uh, another slight little positive as well is the fact that um 
their midfielder uh, Marita and their captain Coates uh, had an accumulation of yellow cards and therefore missed the the, the returning fixture at the Emirates. And um, obviously, like I say, one being their captain, that's uh, could be a, a nice little advantage for us. Yeah. Yeah, it could be an advantage for us. But again, I think we we can't focus too much on them and how they set up. I, I think ultimately we've definitely got the tools to be able to beat this team, especially at home in the second leg. Um, and if we have a little bit of an edge because they're missing those players, then that's great. Um, but yeah, I think we, we should be able to to turn them over, even if we get a like a really basic one 0 to the Arsenal. I'll be happy just to cruise through to the next round because this competition it's it's great to have the two legs because you're getting minutes for players that don't usually get minutes in the league. Um, it was a real shame today that we didn't manage to get Tierney some minutes because we all love Tierney, and um, with all the rumours going around with him potentially leaving in the summer, it would have been nice for him to maybe put the Arsenal shirt on, make a really good performance and be able to, you know, play himself back into some form and maybe um, put him in Arteta's mind. But yeah, that was a bit of a shame um, that he didn't manage to get any minutes. But yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll roll on to, is it next week we're playing the second leg or is there two week intervals now? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's next week. I'm uh, not 100% though, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think the games are coming thick and fast. So I'm pretty sure it is next week. Um, but obviously, we've got the the big fixture in the Premier League before then, um, away at Craven Cottage against Fulham on the Sunday at two o'clock. Um, so obviously, back to the uh, the Premier League grind, back to um, the typical starting eleven that we probably all know and love. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> But who knows? We could even have a Jesus back um, on the bench. Um, so that's something to to maybe maybe look forward to. Who knows? Um, but yeah, do, do you think we'll just go back to that that, that same that eleven then? That there won't be any. Um, I guess it depends on injuries as well. If we don't always know, do we? If anyone's picked up a slight niggle. No, I, I think. Like, assuming we don't have any injuries, then we'll probably have the same starting eleven that we did against Bournemouth. Um, but I think, as you say, Trossard, he may or may not be back. Um, so I think we're looking at probably a Martinelli, Martinelli, Saka, and then either Smith-Rowe or Nelson on the left. Um Mm. But that's pretty much all our choices at the minute, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, it's good that we've got these players for rotation. It's good that Nelson, who was like the forgotten man after his injury, is now come back in. He made a really good contribution in the league. Um, wasn't as electric tonight, but he wasn't awful either. So that's always a positive to have uh, on his record. And yeah, I think we we'll, uh, will definitely start with a very strong team at Craven Cottage. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, um, I've just double checked as well, and the um, the return fixture at the Emirates for against Sporting Lisbon is on Thursday, the sixteenth of March. Yeah, so it's not too far away. And we have also got the uh, the international break coming up as well, which normally this comes at a time that just doesn't quite benefit us. But to be honest, this one 
actually comes at a pretty good time, I think, because it just allows um, our players that aren't quite match fit just that little bit of time to to get, um, well, essentially fit behind closed doors back at uh, London Colney. And then hopefully when it, everything all resumes again, then we've got... Um, uh, a fully fit, uh, fully firing Smith Rowe and Jesus and Trossard. You know, it's tantalising really to think that we could have all these players fully fit um, after the international break. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like it's a it's a decent time for us to have this international break as well, isn't it? Just to have a few, like a week or so, with not as not playing any games, just. You know, give us some time to rest and recuperate some of our players and get them back. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting all those guys back. And hopefully we don't have any of our internationals get injured whilst on international break because that's something Mm. we've also got to look out for as well. Yeah, that's so true. I saw that Garner had uh, called up Partey and my, my heart was a little... <laughs> no! No! <laughs> do it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> OK, I, I think we've pretty much um, gone through everything uh, in today's game against Sporting Lisbon. Is there anything that uh, you want to add or is, is there everything? Uh, yeah, a little bit off topic, actually. But um, I just want to give a massive shout out to Tottenham Hotspur for going another season trophyless. Um, it's quite an impressive start. Um, but you know you've got to give credit where it's due and also how funny it is that players like Richarlison who is one of my on my something list um, along with the likes of Anthony um, he threw his toys out of the pram after they got knocked out did you see him he was swearing saying how bad the first season they've had that he didn't like Conte and how he wasn't picking him and yeah. it's just lovely to see them in turmoil and us if you yeah. could ask any Arsenal fan what is can you envision a perfect season it would be Arsenal top of the league and Spurs being in absolute turmoil having a trophyless season and where and behold it's happening <laughs> It's so true, isn't it? It seems like Conte just doesn't want to be there as well. It's like they've got a manager that doesn't want a manager. Uh, it's just, it's just really awkward, and uh, it's it's going to be so funny to see how it unfolds as well. Um, who they get, you know, it's uh, it's just yeah, it's just great to see, isn't it? After all these years of, well, I say years, but you know, after us, you know, them ridiculing us for for finishing above us for so many seasons in a row it, it it feels as if Saint Totteringham's day is going to come you know maybe in a couple of weeks you know we, we couldn't we couldn't be far away from uh, mathematically finishing above them it's going that bad for them so um, absolutely great to see <laughs> okay well I think that brings an end to um, today's podcast so as we said earlier the next one is going to be the the Fulham game on Sunday so I think the podcast will go out a little bit later in the evening um, on Sunday so please do join us for that one but until next time take care catch you next time you're listening to the Arsenal Ramble